0: Welcome back to Franklin Covey's On Leadership podcast series, the world's largest weekly podcast dedicated to the topic of leadership. I'm your host, Scott Miller. I recently published the book Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds by HarperCollins, where for the first hundred or so interviews, for now our 300 plus interviews across our many years, I picked 30 of our guests that I thought had a transformative insight to share that oftentimes came either on-air or off-air. And with their permission, HarperCollins published this new book called Master Mentors. I hope you pick up a copy. In fact, today's guest would be an ideal candidate for the third volume in Master Mentors. His name is Grant Cardone. He makes me look lazy. He makes me look low energy. He is a renowned best-selling author, sales and marketing expert, real estate titan, and today he's going to share some of his own insights, learned the easy way, learned the hard way on how we can employ the principle he calls the 10x rule. Grant Cardone, welcome to On Leadership.
1: Hey, Scott. Thank you so much for having me, and I really enjoyed our little thing before this, so I I don't know if your audience gets a chance to see the behind the scenes, but that would be that would be uh, really cool for them well, to see that. That would be a no,
0: but if you want to be one of the thirty featured mentors in my next volume, I'm happy to share some of that, sir. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I'll do that. All right, you you're know, in. I you like heard it
0: here. Grant Cardone is joining a variety of celebrities and business leaders and master mentors, Volume Three. Grant, I've been a fan of yours for years. I followed your career. I've read every book you've written, including cover to cover, the 10x Rule. You are a influencer of uh, incomparable competition. You are what Dr. Covey, our founder, would call an energy infuser. You have a contagious Mm. abundance mentality. Your whole life, your career, is dedicated to lifting others up and teaching them the lessons that you've learned the hard way. Vulnerability is probably one of the best words I would use to describe you, not something we often find in a person, a man, quite frankly, of your success and stature. Today, we're going to talk about (laughs) Some of the lessons that you've learned, Grant. Would you take a few moments and reorient all of our listeners and viewers worldwide to your to your journey, your education? Uh, talk about the concept of the 10x rule, and then I've got some questions to ask you on how people can apply yeah. it in their lives, yeah, personally so, and professionally. Yeah.
1: yeah, So you know, I was a real big fan of uh, Stephen Covey. By the way, I studied him, and he was a big inspiration to me as a man and as somebody that stood up, having an opinion. And, and talked about leadership and, and becoming something, you know, becoming something more than just someone. So, uh, I grew up in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Uh, I came from, you know, very humble beginnings, single mother. My dad died when I was 10 years old, uh, that, that really rocked my life. And, and my dad did everything right. My dad did by the book. He did, he had a good job performed at his job, made money, saved money, paid off his debts, everything by the, by the book. Uh, yet when he died, my mom was scrambling to, uh, take care of five kids. And this is a story that has been in America has been, you know, heard and told hundreds of millions of times about good people that do everything right. And still, for some reason, some mysterious reason never get ahead. So, um, uh, this has always perplexed me. I was 16 years old, very frustrated. I couldn't help my mother. Uh, we were in a middle-class family. We, we had, we had stuff, we had bikes and air conditioning and heater. Um, we had food. I never went hungry, but we also had another component that comes with the middle-class family, which is fear, constant fear, perpetuating almost every room and every wall and every conversation. Hmm. And, out, of, out, of, I, I, That caused me a tremendous amount of frustration because I wanted to help my mom. I didn't want my mom scared all the time and I couldn't do anything about it, Scott. So I told my mom in this, this rage, this, this rebellious teenager, clueless, by the way, rage. One day I said, I'm going to be freaking super rich and super successful and I'm going to help a lot of people and I'm not going to live like a middle-class person. Well, my mother was just like, because she came from a poor family, very poor. Uh, you know, we we were uh, Italian descents. Uh, my great my, my grandparents came to this country on a boat, so there was nothing, right? The idea of America, the middle middle class, a house, a job, all that was like, like a fantasy. Uh, fast forward to today. Uh, today, uh, I have been like just trying to figure the game out. You know, I'm sixty three years old. I'm 11 years older than my dad when my dad died and I have been challenging what is the status quo the middle class money concepts educational concepts very curious about why so many people are doing the right things and still never get ahead this has been a constant plaguing question why why am I working hard I'm a good guy I don't hurt people I do the right thing I I provide a great service, yet I'm getting beat in the marketplace. And, and I, I think many people can relate to that. I'm saving my money and I don't get ahead. I, I'm paying off my debts. I still can't get ahead. So uh, I've been kind of looking at this whole process today. Fast forward, I figured something out along the way. Uh, we have I have $4 billion worth of real estate under control by the end of this month. Um, started with no money in real estate, by the way. Started with three grand. And built it into a four billion dollar real estate portfolio. We have uh, we've sold a billion over a billion dollars of services and products over the internet, uh, which is phenomenal. Completely different business. We do some of the largest business events in the in in the world. Scott, we got to get you at, at one of our 10X Growth conferences as a speaker. Uh, get
0: me on stage, not just in the audience, That's, on stage. No, I'm talking about ahead. on
1: the big stage. That's bro. right, brother. Stage. Um, and and so you know we do those events around the world. I mean these are, these are massive business events with super qualified people. I've raised seven hundred million dollars crowdfunding online uh, without any advertising. So I've done some stuff that's kind of wh- really out crazy. That some stuff that's never been done before. Um, and uh, I'm excited about helping other people. My goal is to to reach seven billion people. And get seven billion people to know my name—an impossible task—in uh, in order that maybe I could help people think different, operate different, and have a have the life they deserve, not just the life they they they—that's uh, easy to get and hard to hold on to.
0: Grant, thank you for that context. This book today that I want to talk about is called the Ten X Rule. I'm going to ask you, on many occasions, to perhaps teach the lessons through your own success in real estate, because that's where a lot of your time and attention is focused, not all of it, but a lot of it. You talk about one of the challenges that people face when they're trying to succeed is that they view success as an option. That, that's part of the problem is the mindset that it is in fact an option, that failure is also an option. Will you, will you address yeah. and perhaps debunk that uh, yeah. incorrect mindset?
1: Yeah, so look, I mean, I, I've done both of these. I've lived poor, I've lived without anything. I've also lived with just enough, what, what appears to be just enough. And I've also lived a life of, uh, you know, of abundance. And, 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 and I can tell you, for, for mo- most people, when I, when, I, when I had nothing, I thought that it would be hard to be successful. It would be hard to have prosperity. It, I was wrong, by the way. It is harder to have nothing. Now, harder than having nothing is having just enough. Okay, I told somebody the other day, Scott, I think you'll appreciate this. Uh, Somebody asked me, they said, hey, what what is the easiest person for you to help? And I said, man, that's a great question. Let me tell you the hardest person to help first. The hardest person for me to help is a C-suite, C-level manager, um, white, middle-class male that has some money in a savings account or a retirement account. Most difficult person I can help because... There's no threats in their environment. They have money saved, their debts are paid off. They got a good salary, a good job. They're appreciated and respected. They got a couple of kids. uh, There's some love in the household. There's no real threat in the environment. The hardest person to help is a person without a threat in the environment. A person that is poor, that knows they're failing, and is disgusted by it, easiest person to help. So I would, you know, this, this concept that success is not an option. If you take it as an option, uh, it, it you will not get it. Uh, it is my belief that if you do not, you know, mandate, mandate, which is a popular word today, if you do not absolutely require and not compromise, um, I have this drink I have at Starbucks, it's four shots in a venti cup with foam to the top. And it's not with milk in it. I don't want any milk in it. And, and if they deliver it to me with milk in it, I send it back. And everybody's like, why are you so particular about this drink? I'm like, it's not about the drink. It's about my life. I'm not going to compromise anymore. I'm done compromising. And if you compromise on the drink you get from the coffee shop, you'll compromise on everything else you do in life. So the 10X rule is really about success is my duty. It's my obligation. It's not about arrogance. It's not about ego. It's not about being a big shot. It's about I demand to have the life I i have drawn up for myself and uh i'm not going to accept less than that and i know this sounds this is hard hard for a lot of people to hear scott as you know and and uh, you know it's it's the the concept is if you demand success and and like it's not an option you will move into that neighborhood
0: Grant, I think your book spoke to me on so many levels because your philosophy, and these might be pithy throwaways, but they're actually quite profound, and that is that, you know, you think success is a mindset. You actually believe it's a responsibility. You'd go so far as to say that most people fail because they actually don't put enough activity and effort in, hence the 10x rule. In fact, you'd also go so far to say that, in many cases, quantity is more valuable than quality. Take a few moments and deconstruct 100. the 10X
1: rule. So I hate it when you go away, by the way, they cut back away from you, but I like seeing you there, but- oh, thank you. Um, Well, I'm gonna be on stage at
0: your, at your conference. So that's a
1: good thing. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. well now I see two of myself, so it's a little weird, but, but yeah. So look, uh, the, the concept here is people, it, failure, by the way, is impossible. I, he- I heard this in my church where the guy said, uh, I'm, I'm misquoting what he said exactly, but he says, look, man, failure is basically impossible. The only way you can fail is if you quit. This hit me so hard. I was like, oh my gosh, man, I quit on my dreams. When 2008 came and I saw the collapse happening, the global uh, phenomenon of so many people losing so much stuff, homes and mortgages and assets and what they, their jobs. And, and I was like, what just happened here, right? I didn't participate in it, but I was affected by it. And the reality is I had quit on the pursuit of the next target or goal. And for all the people out there, like, hey, when do you get off? When do you get to get comfortable, man? Comfort. And this is what I was saying earlier. Comf- comfort is is your demise. It is when you settle in. It is when you think you have this illusion that you now have, you're entitled to park or pull over. Uh, the 10x rule basically suggests that whatever you think is enough, you are underestimating by at least 10 times. when you're starting up a business you're like i need 10 clients no you probably need 100 if you think you need 100 you probably need a thousand and if you think you need a thousand you probably need ten thousand and i believe without a doubt and i proved this in social media uh, 10 years ago i was a social media uh, like smear i was used as the example of what not to do in social media they said man this guy, literally, there was a thing at Google. This guy, Grant Cardone, is what you don't do on the social media. Now, when I when I heard them talking about me like that, I'm like, I am going to crush social. Because what happens is most people put out enough never to even be heard. Uh, advertising and marketing is is like, you guys, most, most people that are using social are throwing, it's like throwing a brick into the Grand Canyon. You put a post up or three posts and you're like, "Oh my god, or one viral video. You got one viral video is like throwing literally a cracker into the Grand Canyon because nobody knows anything happened." You know, I don't want I don't want one viral video or one or two quality videos. I want tremendous amounts of quantity both in content out into the marketplace. I want quantity of people in my life, quantities of people so that I can actually discover quality. And Scott, I'm just speaking from experience because I played the other game. So for those of you that are maybe, you know, you're in the development of other people at your company and you're constantly frustrated with the development of other people at your company and you're like, I can't find good people. It's because you haven't been through the quantity of people in order to find the good people. So, so we have, I have 700 employees and I can tell you that some of them are not doing their job right now. Okay, what I would like is to have 7,000 people that I would be saying that to you about. Because if I had 7,000 employees, I would have a company that's 10 times bigger, probably 50 times bigger actually, with 10 times the people. So I'm going for quantity over quality. Quantity is the way to quality. And by the way, quantity, having quantity is not me compromising on quality. It is the pathway to quality.
0: Yeah, well said. Grant, you also argue quite successfully that one of the reasons that people fail at their goals is they grossly underestimate the effort it's going to take to achieve that, whether it be outbound phone calls or capital or time or runway, will you reinforce the, what you've learned from your own experience successfully and unsuccessfully about the risk of underestimating effort.
1: Yeah. So my wife, I, you know, I'll give you an example. My wife is an actress and she went to an audition in LA and she came back and she was crying. Oh my God. It was so bad. It was so awful. It was. And I'm like, Hey, you got to knock this off. This is crazy. Okay. I said, first of all, you were invited to an audition. Like I've never been invited to an audition and I've spoken to, tens of thousands, I've done tens of thousands of cold meetings where I walked in, knocked on the door, Scott, give me five minutes. Give me five minutes. Please give me five minutes. See, I forced auditions. My wife was invited to one. And what I did to make sure that my day went well is that I had 10 of those a day, not one. And my wife, what my wife did wrong was she had one audition that day. She should have had six because you won't cry about the audition that failed if you have one to run to. And people that are disappointed, discouraged. the salesperson that says they don't like rejection, the person that quits sales because they're like, I just can't handle the rejection. Rejection is actually not an emotional state. No, nowhere does psychology talk about rejection or failure being emotional responses to anything. You don't feel rejection. You don't feel failure, okay? So disappointment and discouragement are indications the concept of rejection, if whatever you're experiencing with rejection being turned down, is the indication that you have too little, too little going on in your pipeline. Whatever your pipeline is—emails out, phone calls out, contacts made, auditions, people that you want to talk to, speaking engagements, um, books to show off—whatever. Like my, my, my. It was. It took six books for me to finally get a hit. And then the other stop first there. Stop goes, there. I want huh? you to I
0: want you to reinforce yeah. that because that is a common commonality amongst influential people that there is not a lot of overnight success. That yeah. you write you write uh, consistently about laying the track. You wrote five books, and it was the sixth one that actually was the tipping point.
1: Yeah. So so like the ten x rule. Actually, when I finished the ten x rule, my wife said, "What do you think?" I said, eh, "It's all right." You know, I, I wasn't even that excited about it. The first book I wrote, Seller Be Sold, I wrote that book in three hours. I was like, this book is a masterpiece. And um, it would just flowed out of me. It was like some spiritual event where I just went in my office and bam, bam, it just wham, it just happened. The 10X rule was like, the 10X rule was really a discovery for me about what I had done wrong uh, after 25 years of being in business and feeling like I didn't get ahead. And I was sitting down in my office saying, hey, what, what did I do wrong here? Oh, what, what would have fixed this? Oh, if I was 10 times bigger, I had $50 million of debt in 2010 and the bank came calling. We want you to pay the loans off. <laughs> and I said, I, what, what, would, guys, what would I have to do for you guys not to call me right now? You need like 10 times. That's what the guy told me on the phone. You need 10 times the debt and we leave you alone. I'm like, okay, next time this happens, I'm going to have 10 times the debt. So, the 10x rule, I wrote it, we put it out. The next thing you know, this book just became a phenomenon. Okay. It became, it, it, I don't even know why. Maybe it's the title, right? Maybe it's, it just spoke to people at a certain time. I'm not exactly sure, but I know that most people, when they write a book, uh, first of all, to the authors out there, appreciate the work you're doing. But the goal is to write a book, not keep writing the book. You know, like you guys. You guys, some of you guys take forever. Like you've been writing a book for three years, just finish it. Cause nobody can read a book that's not finished. And so one thing I've done with all my books is man, I just tap them out. I'm like, okay, I'm done. And that's why when I finished this one, I was like, yeah, it's all right. You know, but, but I guess my expectation of it wasn't, you know, I was like, oh, this is not going to become some world thing. I, I didn't have that expectation set because I don't think one book is going to make me famous any more than I think any one action or speaking engagement. You know, I I used to believe that if I I remember walking off the stage of a speaking gig and said, Oh my God, I killed it. I crushed it. And the guy that hired me called me and said, Hey, I'm never bringing you back because he was disappointed. He didn't like it. So uh, the point of that is, look, you need a lot of customers, folks, all great companies, all great companies have, they're big. They're not boutique. For all the boutiques out there, for all of you out there that have this idea that you're going to be a coach and you're only going to handle three or four people, I had the same fantasies and illusions. They're wrong. I hate to tell you this. For the real estate investor out there that wants two units, I was telling Kiyosaki this the other day, you're going to lose the two units. Go get 200. Come up with a plan for 200. It's easier to keep 20 or 200 than it is to keep two. And it's easier to sell a bunch of books than it is to sell a few. Because if you only try to sell a few or have a few customers or buy a few pieces of real estate, you're going to fail. You're putting too many bets on too few outcomes. Uh, And the same thing with customers or outbound or any action.
0: Grant, it's no coincidence. Franklin Covey is a global public sales organization. And we have for over a decade held all of our salespeople responsible for a, quote, 10 times, you know, pipeline to goal, right? So if your goal is a million dollars, you've got to have at any given time 10 times that of quantifiable pipeline at different stages, obviously, different close rates. But we require all of our people worldwide to have 10 times pipeline. Uh, Grant, your book has close to 6,000 reviews. I think it's an absolute masterpiece. Don't undersell yourself. I think the most profound thing I learned from you was this idea that there's a danger in rationalization. That rationalizing when we fail or we don't succeed. Well, I didn't really want it anyway. And you say there's actually a gift you give yourself to say, "No, I did fail at this. I did want this. And how am I going to pick myself back up?" Speak to that point.
1: Yeah. So look, I, I have turned. I grew up in a time where, I guess, in the mid, uh, the '90s, maybe uh, early 2000s, it became really popular to love the inner child. This whole inner child. Uh, love yourself, take care of yourself, comfort yourself. I'm like, dude, I'm sick of this. Like, like I, I, I kind of went for it for a little while. And then I was like, this isn't me. I don't love myself like this because I, I've been one of those people that always believed I could do more ever since I was a kid, man, I was like 10 years old. Just, I knew that we deserved to have more. And I had no basis or reality about why I thought we deserved to have more. It just seemed to me that we deserve to have more, man, we were good people, we didn't hurt people, we, we, I had good intentions, and I'm like, why don't I have more, so I remember my mom would always tell me, and my mom became my best friend, and, and and she was the one that raised me, right, so I would always tell her about these fantasies I had about, I'm going to write books, I'm going to be famous, even other members in my family, I would tell this too, and they would be like, why, why do you need all that, And the psychologist is famous for saying, oh, something's wrong with you. You're broken, that you can't love yourself just the way you are. The 10X rule basically suggests no one should love themselves just the way they are. Because that's not who you are. Okay? I am what I can be. I am the potential. I have potential inside of me. And most of us, when we're honest, will agree and accept the idea that we're living below our potential. I've been fortunate enough to be in front of millions and millions of people. I have very rarely ever met anyone that said they were living up to their full potential. And I've known some super, super successful people. I know I have never reached my full total potential. You know, I did that podcast with that guy yesterday. He thinks he has for some reason, but I know I have it. I'm curious. I'm still searching. I'm still learning. Okay. And if you're learning, if you're reading, if you're going to courses, if you're, if you're stuck, like if you're still hungry, then why would you be satisfied with who you are today? And if you're satisfied with who you are today, why would you reach for a book? It doesn't make any sense. So what I would suggest to people is look in the mirror and say, I am disgusted with this version of me. I know I can do better than this. It doesn't mean I'm beating myself up. It means I'm being honest with myself. And look, I don't worry about other people lying to me. I know other people are going to lie to me from time to time because they lie to themselves. (laughs) You know, they lie to themselves when they settle for less than they can do. So I I don't want to lie to me. And I wanna be a good example. I got two little girls. I want my little girls to see that I'm reaching and that I'm still hungry and that I'm still learning and that I don't know it all. And then the question becomes, Scott, it becomes, well, when when is enough enough? This is what everybody always asks. And if you're asking that question, you don't have enough. You don't have enough of whatever you're asking for. So when's enough enough? Most of the people I know that are reaching Don't even ask that question. They're too busy reaching.
0: Grant, a through line in everything you do and say and write and teach and mentor is this idea of massive action. Is that, you know, responsibility doesn't happen to you. It happens because of you. One of my favorite lines in the book, I'm not going to quiz you on this, it's on page 58. You write, you will know you are stepping into the realm of massive action when you, Mm. one, create new problems for yourself. Yeah. And two, start to receive criticism and warning mm-hmm. from others. Unpack those. and We'll pivot into some of the things you're working on now.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. So, so uh, and thank you for reading from that page, right? So, uh, number one is like the moment you start doing enough, like really at the levels, like there's four levels of action. Most, some people do nothing. It's very, very difficult to do nothing, by the way. Like if I were at the book again, I would say there's three levels of action. Um, because it's almost impossible to do nothing. The moment you thought about working out and didn't, you basically did number two, which was retreat. You retreated. Most people retreat from activities. They don't actually do nothing. The third level is to do normal levels of activity, which is what you know, 99% of the people on the planet are doing. Uh, good people, going to work, doing their job, um, doing just just enough. And it's just enough until it's not enough. And then you're like scrambling. And this is this explains the middle class. This explains the struggle. The struggle, the struggle is because I did just enough to to get accommodation. I I, I did just enough to to get my family in a good situation. And then bang, something happened, inflation, covid, who knows. Right. And then all of a sudden things get taken away from me, and then I'm scrambling again. This is the struggle of the middle class, the forever struggle. The fourth level of action is massive level of action. Okay. This is levels of action that people are starting to be like, are you on something? What's your deal? Uh, where are you going? Why are you going so fast? Uh, like, like this is a level of action now that, that, uh, is going to create new problems for you. Number one, because you're going to not have time now for something. Okay, if you're a father or mother, you're like, okay, I don't have time for the kids. All right, good. There's a solution to that. Get a nanny. Don't drop the action out. Doing less is never, ever a solution to any problem. Okay, it is never, ever an, uh, an opportunity to do less. There is a solution to the problem. And the problem is, the solution to that problem in the case of the single mother say sing- hey, get a nanny. Take more action, those actions will pay you money, trade the money for a great nanny. Maybe what you wanna do is take your kids out of the public schools and homeschool them so that when you do come home in between meetings, your kids are there so you can enjoy them there. I've had all these same problems, by the way. I'm running 11 companies, $4 billion worth of real estate. So 90% of all my social media is done by me, not by a team. Uh, I'm doing this with you today and I still figure out how to do other stuff. So what I do is I solve problems, my new problems. I want new problems. I don't want old problems. So when, anytime I start taking a lot of action, I go out and buy 2000 apartments. Okay. That's going to create some new problems. I need more money. I need more debt. Uh, I need more management. Uh, I'm going to need more tenants. I'm going to need more advertising creates new problems. And the second thing, when I do this, and this is an indicator, This is how you measure whether you're doing enough or not. People are going to start criticizing you. People are going to start talking about you. They're going to start criticizing you. They're going to start judging you. Always say if nobody's talking about you, it's because you're not a threat. If you don't have haters, you're not a threat to anyone or anything. And, um, and, and so when you start taking enough action, you will have those two things happen first. Number one, new no problems. Where are you at? All? Why are you going? Are oh, you always gone? What happened to you? Oh, you so big. You're such a big shot. Now, now your family start to pull away a little bit, start to criticize you, and that 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 level of criticism, by the way, and judgment, and gossip, and rumors about you. Promise you, it will start at the inner circle level. Family, friends, loved ones, employees. It's going to start on the inside, in the beginning, not from the outside.
0: So, Grant, I think the book is a masterpiece. I think you've undersold yourself. There's a reason why it has close to 6,000 reviews. You know, you're creating great wealth for yourself and for others through real estate. You're passionate about teaching other people the principles of investing and realizing the return. You live in South Florida. You're very involved in some cool projects coming up. Speak to what's going on in the Miami area and that you have lots of people, people perhaps that don't think they could be involved in real estate that are now in fact involved because of a new approach that you've taken.
1: Yeah. So, so thank you. And I'm sorry about whatever I did on my end to mess up. You're fine. uh, You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like we, we started a fund, we started a fund for non-accredited investors recently. Okay. My, my wife basically used the 10X rule against me to do this. Uh, We moved from Los Angeles about eight or nine years ago to get away from the craziness over there. Love California. I still go there and visit, love the people there. But some of the things that were going on there, we couldn't support anymore. So we started looking for parts of the country that would be real estate friendly and business friendly. We ended up in Miami. I thought Miami was going to be a jewel 10 years ago. It just so happens that um, I was right and I was more right than I even imagined. So I didn't know know, uh, COVID was going to happen. I didn't know that uh, New York, New Jersey, Chicago, Boston, these, some of these markets, uh, California included, were going to start driving their, their wealthiest um, the wealthiest families out of their, their cities and states to avoid taxes. And I didn't know that they were all going to think, like I thought, and come down to Miami, Palm, uh, Palm Beach, uh, Fort Lauderdale, but they're coming. We own uh, 12,000 apartments, uh, most of which is in these markets. And two Fridays ago, I announced that I I was going to let non-accredited investors at $1,000 per person, at a minimum of $1,000, invest in trophy assets like I'm buying. Uh, we, we are today buying. Um, our average transaction is almost $200 million. These are trophy, institutional quality, the best of the best real estate you can buy in this country. And we create a fund to let the little guy, the everyday person, that's how I grew up. My mom would never have had an opportunity to invest in this asset class. And uh, over the last 10 years, Scott, as I started studying real estate, I, I discovered that there's a problem, a financial, a problem for finances for the middle class person in this country, and that problem is most of us never get a chance to invest in the best of the best. So we're left to, you know, put fifty bucks in an ETF, uh, in an ETF or a mutual fund, or fifty bucks or five hundred bucks in a retirement account that always, by the way, goes back to Wall Street. Or worse, we leave five hundred bucks in, in a bank account, um, and uh, it earns nothing. So we created a fund for the everyday person to invest alongside me. I believe real estate is the best, the best uh, vehicle for protecting your money, your hard work, and your money, providing passive income and appreciating while providing investors with great tax benefits. Uh, I don't know of any other um, asset class that that has. Done this for thousands of years at these levels. I know people are looking at crypto and NFTs and and the stock market at it, its heights. And most people, unfortunately, are doing nothing with their money. So we created a fund for the non-accredited investor, everybody, the everyday person, thousand bucks. Most people are putting in twenty, you know, twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars. Some people are putting in a grand. And this has been like an unbelievable, unbelievable thing for me personally and spiritually. Uh, because I got people saying, I'm sending a thousand bucks in. I've always wanted to do one of your deals with you, but I didn't have enough money. And they're sending me emails. Thank you so much. I cannot thank you enough. Well, I've sold books, audio programs, consulting, speaking fees. I've, I've sold a billion dollars worth of stuff on the internet. I have never had people so appreciative for investing with me. So so again, this goes back to the 10X rule. Okay. I was told not to take investors. I was told it was going to be a pain in the butt. <clears throat> You're going to end up with problems. You don't need to do this. Leave them alone. You're going to end up with all kinds of situations. That that That's people telling you to stay small. Yeah. And we, my wife used the 10X rule to say, you need to help these people. Your commitments to help people, you can't just give them advice. Give them a vehicle, an opportunity to invest alongside you. Um, so we're, we're doing that right now. And I think it's going to be a game changer for the average American investor.
0: Grant Cardone, your energy is contagious. The lessons, positive and critical of your own success, are well worth reading the 10x rule. Massive action, the 10x difference between really the mediocre and the extraordinary. Grant Cardone, thank you for taking valuable time today to invest in our audience on On leadership. We appreciate you. Look forward to you making a cameo appearance in Master Mentors Volume 3 coming out in 2023 with 29 other Master Mentors. Thanks again for your time, my friend. Done. Hey, you count on me. I I look forward to being there. I look forward for my book to be on your wall too. Well, you know what? There's some space. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually. Your book is on the wall right over here, but we'll make sure we get it moved right behind me in a um, in a sweet spot. Grant Cardone, thank you again. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back next week for another conversation on leadership.